Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. As always, this podcast is made possible by our local convenience stores, the misappropriation of history, and you. And now to your hosts, Justin Hammonds, Brant Bramlett, and Drew Shellnut. What's up? What's happening, world? This is a podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. Yeah, season five, trying to thrive and stay alive, episode 16, Go Rush number three, the aftermath, or you know, the 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 wake of uh, the old Go Rush, the three part of wrap up. Yeah, the wrap will. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm Justin Hammonds. I'm looking at my boy Drew Shoda. Hello, and Mama Grand Bramley. Hello, and uh, we're in the building again with these high facts. Um, hope y'all doing well out there. Hope everything is uh, as good as it can be. It's starting to cool off a bit, so that's kinda nice. Um, especially where we're at. Dog, that is beyond nice. Um, it has been yeah. pretty awesome. Shit has been wild out here. Don't mean to squash dreams, but it's going to be in the mid to high 90s next week. I already know. I'm, yeah. d- I'm enjoying right now. Fool's fall. Be- yeah. 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 S- season number Thanks, five. September. For the South. <laughs> yeah. um, For some odd reason, it'll be cold on fucking Halloween and fucking seven degrees on Christmas. So welcome to the South. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at that. Now we're clearer. Fixed it. Yeah, fixed it. Our engineer's probably going to um, make the intro sound just fine, so y'all will be a little confused right now. But uh, <laughs> Fixed it. It sounded terrible until right now. Until, until <laughs> right about now. All right. Um, so now I we're swear, officially in this thing. I swear I know how to run uh, this board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what's going on with y'all? What's cracking? What's percolating? Well, um, something I did, uh, I have been wanting to bring up, but we've just had such a, a fun late summer so far that we haven't been able to meet up every week like we usually well, do. This is true. This is true. We did so I'll little, just little break uh, there. I'll vaguely say the other day I had the wonderful fortune of being selected for jury duty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that people do in the, this country. Yeah. So there's almost, uh, I can't remember the number right now off the top of my head, but uh, we'll say a veritable fuck ton of registered drivers in Davidson County where we live here in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And least. they choose about a 140, right? So out of the it literally like multi-hundred thousands of people, mm-hmm. because if you have a driver's license, you run the risk of being selected for jury duty. Yes, yeah. So I won, you know, a little bitty lottery by getting to go there that morning. Did you get some money? Yeah, man. I'll tell you that later. Okay. We're, um, <laughs> so much money. It was awesome. I, I actually, I literally deposited the check yesterday. <laughs> oh, funny shit, enough. Turn up, boy. <laughs> so shit. out of the thousands and thousands of people, I'm one of the 140. And then I become one of the uh, 48. Mm. That are chosen out of that pile, out of random. I'll see what they did there. Forty-eight. So you're sitting in the big room, very unhappy, and they only had like four cases that day, and you know you need twelve jurors per case or whatever. And then of course they pick some backups too, uh, to also go in. So I'm walking across the street to the courthouse, being like, God fucking damn it! I can't believe I lost twice in a row right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we all, we're all sitting in the little, little pews, you know, in the mm, back. Yeah. And then they start reading names off and then it, I end up being 13th, right? So you got oh, the 12 in the hot seat mm-hmm. and then I'm the first reserve, right? There's like six more chairs right mm-hmm. in front of the hot seats, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then they go through 
ask everybody's like, uh, what was it? It was like your, your full name, your pro- uh, profession, whether or not you're married or single and whether or not you have kids, which I guess the kids that can make sense because you need to pick them up from school and mm-hmm. stuff, but the married or single seemed odd to me, but either way, yeah. Yeah. um, goes through all of that. And I have queued up in my head that, you know, I am a owner operator of a small business, mm-hmm. which means that if I have to be stuck in jury duty, that's going to hurt my small business. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're basically dead that day. Right. And then, so I, I then have the bright idea to tack some more shit on there to mm-hmm. be like, well, I'm also very busy outside of that, you know? So mm-hmm. it comes around to me and it's like, great Bramlett, uh, married, no kids, owner operator of a small, uh, company, landscaping, uh, lawn care kind of a company. I'm a musician and a bartender. And they're like, oh, cool, musician, what do you play? And I was like, oh, fuck, I buried the lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yep, completely missed the small business yeah. part of that. Yeah. It's like, oh, Nashville music. Oh, were you one of those people? So you got plenty of time. And mm-hmm. I was like, yep. drums, you know. Yeah. And then obviously they don't want lawyers. They usually don't want doctors. They definitely did not want doctors in this particular case. Mm-hmm. There were three doctors, yep. two lawyers, and a lawyer's assistant, a paralegal, oh, right, right happened to be in out of the 140 people, <laughs> the <laughs> what 18 people that were sitting up there in that moment. So I get called up into the hot seat. So you can just say you're, you're in quickly. law school and skip jury duties, or just yeah, basically, or, I think so. Hey, you didn't hear from us. Yeah. So anyways, I'm like, okay, fuck, you know, and then they go through and they're asking all these medical questions and stuff about like, like back pain and, you know, surgery due to chronic pain and all this kind of stuff. And you're supposed to raise your hand if it applies to you or a close family member, you know, and I raised my hand a couple of times and it was seemed to be the answer that everybody else was given is like. My dad uh, has back pain because he's in his 60s and a male. You know, I mean, it's just so just fucking generic bullshit. But then it's the defense's turn to ask jurors questions, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And it was like a really weird, like, um, like, uh, uh, like a draft day thing because they would write things on a piece of paper and then like a, the clerk would go pick them up from each of the lawyers tables and then take them over to the judge and the judge would be like so and so you're re- you know you're relieved of duty so and so you know you're excused and then they would rat random call more people to come sit mm-hmm. in the hot seats mm. and so it just keeps you know shuffling around changing i'm still in my goddamn seat by the way <laughs> And then it gets right, uh, so it's the defending lawyer's turn to ask questions, and he's going just person by person this time as opposed to random questions. And, he, and then he gets around to me and he's like, and uh, Mr. Bramley, actually, you're good. So, Miss So-and-so sitting next to me, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, he's fine. Just leave him yeah. there. He's fine. So, I, I won again, and I got to serve as a juror in a case. That's mm-hmm. fun, man. Now here's Nick confetti. Here's the <laughs> fun, fun, amazing yeah. case that I'm amazed I wasn't sequestered for. He said sarcastically, "A dude from Antioch rear-ended a woman from Franklin. Mm-hmm. Oh, woof! Who was a personal trainer? Uh, Her for, airbags, you, for y'all who don't know, that's a yeah, very yeah. big discrepancy in class yes. as far as financial income. Yes. Yes. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Franklin and Antioch are two different tax brackets. She had for the sure. you know the the bleach blonde hair, the leathery skin. She's like late mid to late forties or so. Probably and then drove the a Maserati or something. Permanent scowl. No, she had a very nice minivan. Uh, uh, 
Okay. Um, the automatic sliding door, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All uh, the windows go down. The airbags me? in her very nice <laughs> minivan did not even go off. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, dude man from Antioch had some really shitty tattoos, which was more of a indication of his income level than anything, you know? He seemed like a perfectly nice guy, but I was like, ooh, you <laughs> paid like 80 bucks on that forearm piece, didn't you, bud? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just, I, I, he looked just broken the whole time. Yeah, but that shit probably fucked his whole life up. Anyway, go ahead. Exactly. I know the story. Now, his little piece of shit, Hyundai, crumpled, right? Yeah. And at one point, one of the guys that I was surprised they kept in the jury was a fire chief. And he was like, yeah, those cars are designed to do that. They can't make them nice enough so they have like like literally like fracture points in the frame. So if you do hit something head on. It totals it. It totals it, but you're still safe. Yeah. You know? And so I don't think either one of them got a fucking scratch from this yeah. accident, you know. And what happened was uh, light turns green, ambulance is coming through the intersection. So she starts to go and then stops when she sees the ambulance. He rear-ends her. Technically his fault mm-hmm. because there was an emergency response vehicle, you know, going through the yeah. intersection. But the light was green and he saw her taillights come off. So in my brain, he didn't do anything that bad. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? He probably pressed the gas, looked in the rearview mirror, and it was in her rear view. Yeah, exactly. Her in her rear end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no pun intended. Now, <laughs> she is suing him um, for uh, loss of quality of life, pain and suffering, and lost wages and medical bills. And then her husband was suing for something called uh, consortium. I've never heard this term before in my life. So it affected his life too because she was not yeah. able to do so. Certain things. Apparently, in certain states, including <laughs> Tennessee, the spouse is allowed to jump onto a lawsuit if it also affects his or her life as well. So it's, so it's like uh, holding up a stress card in the military, basically. Yeah. So cha cha cha. We find out that this all happened pre-COVID, so this case is over three years old. Mm-hmm. That she went through, uh, I want to say it was like 11 weeks of um, physical therapy. And then when she checked out of physical therapy, she had a zero out of 10 pain Mm -hmm. on medical records. Yeah. And that was her voluntarily giving that information. All right, then. That's a wrap, huh? The end of the day, get an early lunch. Uh, That's what you would hope. But this (laughs) motherfucker goes for a day and a half. (laughs) Now, the husband was suing for consortium. Because uh, he had to take her to the airport one time and then drive himself to their son's college graduation because she couldn't ride in a vehicle for that long. Um, They had to cancel a hiking trip, a hiking trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro. Which are notoriously pretty cheap. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a decision, not a forced uh, financial situation. Anyway. And uh, he has to do the vacuuming now because that uh, hurts her low back too much. <laughs> oh, my God. And has yeah, had yeah, to do the dishes it, it, it a, do a few times. Motherfucker sat in the chair, put his hand on the Bible, and then said that. That's why Straight face. he deserves money from Straight this poor bastard. Straight face. And I think I mean literally poor. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. And No, legit. And he is in dire straits. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So she's trying to claim that every single thing that she did in a hospital or in physical therapy or all the money that she lost being a physical trainer or one time they went to Disney World, they 
still were able to go to Disney World, but she held her grandkids at one point and they walked a lot. And so her back hurt for two days afterwards. You know, her grandkids wanted to, them to hold her, hold them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so she, she was forced to hold she them. She couldn't neglect her you grandbabies. Know? Oh my God. Never. Never. On, on, I don't know, a thousand person, <laughs> thousand a person trip from fucking Disney so, World for a weekend. Anyway. So. <laughs> Those tickets are not cheap, bro. No, they're not. It gets to the point of the defense and this bitch is doing the most quintessential, like, I have the upper hand. I'm rich. If bullshit of like, well, if that's what the record says, um, I don't recall. I mean, seriously, everything he was asking. And at one point, we literally they put up her fucking uh, W2s from the last three years, like on a projection screen. And I'm like, man, you must really want this money. Like that's embarrassing as fuck. And who drags something out for three years because of a little fender bender? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Bro, literally, it's like get out the car. Oh, you're good. Oh, your shit's fucked. Well, we can exchange insurance. Yeah. Is it drivable? Cool, call me. Yeah. We'll, we'll deal with right, this. Right. Fuck the court calls. Fuck mm-hmm. wasting the state's money. You know yeah. what I mean? Fucking taxpayer so, money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking it, Christ. Her W-2s proved that she actually had a 10% of increase with her small business as a personal trainer over the last three years. Not loss of wages. No, she's actually earned more money. Her business yeah, is doing better. So, I mean, if she can't actively do the exercises with them every day, well, that sucks. But that's also life. Yeah. Also, she's almost 50. I mean, I don't know if you should be doing all that shit, everything. And it also clearly stated at one point that she was exercising for 90 minutes, seven days a week. So either she has some kind of compulsion and she wouldn't sit the fuck down to let her back heal or she's perfectly fine and we should not be there. Yeah. You know? So everything uh, goes and, you know, we're towards the end of the first day and the judge is like, does anybody need to like have any, you know, uh, reason to leave now? Because we basically just had final statements and then deliberation. And he was like, we could go. But it'll definitely go like past six. Does anybody need? And someone was like, I have to pick my kids up from daycare. And he was like, All right, court adjourned. We'll see you tomorrow morning. I was like, mm-hmm. Fuck! For like the fifth time, internal massive fuck. <laughs> hey, you, know? you, you just let them go. We can handle this here. I appreciate y'all coming out today. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you never. Uh, appreciate you. <laughs> like, let's go ahead and squash this shit. Anyway, so come back in the morning. Even happier than I was yesterday. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, the sure. day before. I mean, oh, elated, bro. Oh yeah, so, so all awesome. that money you got some fresh, good coffee, and everything. <laughs> it's so great, dude. Thinking about vacation after. So, um, we go through our uh, like final statements or whatever. You know, one side the the prosecution's like. This poor woman, look at this wreck. They never showed her minivan, just the guy's car, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, all we're saying is to be reasonable. And the other person, (laughs) I could tell the defense wants so badly to just like, I mean, use your fucking head. Look at this shit. This is stupid, you know? Look at a powerful, rich, white America trying to shit on anybody else. Yeah. So anyways, we go back uh, into our little room. They took our phones away from us, and we get down to it, and then this, the youngest person by far, she's 22, nursing student, volunteered to be the spokesperson for us. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. You know? (laughs) And then we get down to it, and it's basically what we have to decide is how much money to give on all these line items that I listed out earlier, right? Mm. So we need a dollar amount. Right. Well, and two of them, as one of the lawyers put, were squishy. 
literally said squishy. It's a little squishy. You know, you and can go either way law. with it. You know? and I, because that was my big thing the whole time. I was like, how the fuck am I going to put a dollar amount on somebody's quality of life changing? Like that doesn't, my quality of life is shit. Yeah. I mean, I would love a million dollars. I know I'm not getting it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand what the fuck that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, my back hurts right now sitting yeah. in this chair talking yeah, to you two. Yeah, like, my shoulder is fucked. What are you right talking now. about? You know, so that I was in my brain, zero. The next one, you know, like suffering and everything, like pain and suffering, zero, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just being a cynical motherfucker. But the easy one, in my opinion, was the consortium, right? And so oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy was an engineer and he seemed like really pleasant. I could tell he's like making small talk with people like when it was appropriate to be talking and stuff. And so I was like, I, I could tell that I must have had just the pr- best resting bitch face because nobody even began to approach me ever. Nice. You know? <laughs> when you physically don't want to be somewhere, it shows. People can tell, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So he was like, all right, so let's, you know, maybe we can just try and like knock out some of the easy ones. And this is the first time I spoke ever. And I was like, yeah, uh, the consortium was pretty easy. I vote zero. Anybody else? Flat zero. And people kind of chuckle. It's like, no, I'm fucking serious. For real. That's garbage. Zero, right? You know? Um, Straight up. Let's let's do the right thing here. Yeah. Uh, And then the little girl was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, fuck, I knew this bitch was going to be that one, you know? (laughs) So. It took forever, but we all decided three months is all this woman is getting any money for, right? So the medical bills within those three months, any potential lost wages within that, it took some figuring or whatever, but we did manage to get some decent number amounts. Mm -hmm. And they were both way less than what she was asking for, but still seemed fair. And then we, and then I finally talked to everybody into zero for the consortium. Well, rather everyone else talked this girl into zero for the consortium. Then we got, Hey, look, dumb bitch. Uh, He had to vacuum. Calm the fuck on. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So then we got to the two squishy lines as a fucking professional squishy, bro. lawyer. I just, that drove me. I couldn't get bro, past that shit. Bro, dating a law school student. Shout out to my baby Kayla. Um, yeah, that's not proper. No. Uh, legal no. language. We're going to talk about this squishy in over here real quick. <laughs> squishy, uh, you know. Uh, it's crazy. Spongy. Hey, he was will. like a really like well-spoken, intelligent seeming guy. Either way. He's losing his facilities. So apparently it's just so, like, we're going to get this one, this one, and then we'll just call this one squishy. So we decide uh, yeah. 3000 total for both. And then we were like, well, let's just make it look decent. So 1500 1500 and we all voted 11 yes votes. Remember, it has to be unanimous yeah. in a jury. That little bitch said no. Then I said, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck do you know about life, 22? I know. God Jesus damn it. Christ. So we, we, we talked and we talked and we deliberated. And we went back over all this bullshit. And, and she was like, I just feel like that's not that much money. And this woman that was sitting next to me was a high school teacher. Yeah. And she and I were very quietly like muttering under our breath mm-hmm. enough to where we became buddies. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And kind of like if this shit goes down, we riding, right? Yeah, okay, exactly. Cool. She was like, I mean, I just feel like three thousand dollars isn't that much. And I was like, must be fucking nice. And then she was like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three stacks, bro. Change my whole rest of the year. Right and now. anytime numbers started getting thrown around or whatever, she like immediately grabbed a pad and started scratching out numbers and doing like like long uh, like uh, long form arithmetic really quickly. And I'm like, man, she wants to get out of here as fast as I do. So I was just like, you know what? I'm helping you. What do you need? Which number? That one? Yeah. Hey, will you give me that piece of paper over there? And I was like, let's get this shit going. You know, <laughs> get the juices flowing in this bitch. And then we voted on the other one. Eleven yeses. One no from that little girl. And so 
we finally, just to appease her, doubled both. So it's 3000 and 3000 right? Now, everything said and done, obviously the medical expenses were the most. But we finally agreed on this poor man having to give this clearly affluent woman $17,500. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. Right? Probably you should have asked that, sh- that little 22-year-old, like, what do you think a gallon of milk costs? Right. Like straight also, up for right. real. I want right. to know. Because yeah. if you don't, if you can't tell me what a gallon of milk costs and we're going over, this is, this is, this is the price is right in real life, bitch. I know. Yeah. Straight you up. Know, like, what gas looking like right now? Right. So Let me know. We also, go that's back, probably half of his yearly wage. We'll go back into court. Right. And we read off like, you know. We oh, easy. Go by the paper. She does her thing. She does fine. But she, apparently she was so nervous. Did fine. Then we go back into the, the thing. Court's adjourned. Go back in the little room and the judge comes in. And I actually really did like this judge. He's a really cool guy. But he said that apparently Davidson County is notorious for being really tough jurors, especially with civil cases like this. Yeah. We always go under. Yeah. Always. Because I think this is a, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to live here. We're still very much in the South. We understand how hard you have to work to earn your money, mm-hmm. you know? And we, I think a lot of us down here and then, you know, people that like Southern cities can smell bullshit. Yeah. And so they stay because you can tell when somebody's being fake mm-hmm. in general, right? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker to the whole motherfucking thing. They had already settled on $25,000, which means that either the uh, woman or the prosecuting lawyers said, I think we can do more. So let's waste 12 people's day and a half, basically two work days. I mean, you're not going back to work after 1 p.m. I mean, I did because I had to, but like, I don't think anybody else did to see if she could get more than $25,000 out of a fucking rent fender bender. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, bro. And if it was anything more than $25,000, that's the dollar amount that she would get. Anything less than $25,000 automatically rolls up to $25,000. So this dude was broken because he already knew he was out $25,000 regardless of what happened. That's probably going home like, Poop in his pants, like maybe it's going to be more. Going to be more yeah. now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, and oh, I was going to be more lawyer fees and you know shit how that shit's going to. Well, that's the crazy thing is, yeah. is so, and this is sort of my takeaway from this whole thing is that if you decide to sue someone, you already have the upper hand because a lot of those lawyers will take the case, knowing that anything you win, you get paid from that yep. immediately. Yep. So they'll take on cases saying if we lose. It's free for you, yep. right? Yep. Defense lawyers, they get paid either way right? Mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. So he's got to pay the lawyers and he's got to pay this woman. And it's probably most likely garnished wages. I doubt he's oh, yeah. got a savings account with $25,000. Oh, yeah, he's going to be working uh, one job on paper and one job under book yeah. for like, I don't know, probably five years. Yeah, and there's a decent chance that he's <laughs> going to say, you know what, I can't uh, fucking afford to live and eat anything other than ramen yeah. anymore. So he's going to start doing something very under the table oh, yes. to make sure that he can keep his shit and then most likely get arrested for that. And then now he's back in the goddamn system. It, the whole thing, Jesus, it was just 
what the fuck, you know? What's it, uh, what's it, uh, you can do, you can do jail time too, though, can't you? Yeah. In, in, in lieu of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's um, a lot of jail time though, because you only get like a little bit a day. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's something crazy. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell Charles you. Gambino, they, uh, man, um, this is America. Mm-hmm. They never yeah. fed us, and they paid me ten dollars a day. Oh yeah, bro, turn up. <laughs> Got a got a smooth twenty piece. So got a I, nice I Jackson. Have, I, I deposited a twenty dollar check yesterday. <laughs> Mister Shellnut, we're, I, we're about to call. We're you're about to be in contempt of court. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know it was one of those things. Gas, <laughs> I should have been crazier or more idiotic or something, but I just I've been on the wrong side wow. of the court too many times. And yeah. so sitting in there, I was very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Know? And so it's just one of those things where I was like, man, if they catch me on any lie, I don't want to go back. Right. I ain't going right. back. You know right. I, I was in court this morning, my dude. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Yeah. Um is my case is getting pushed to a jury. In wow. February 27th. Maybe I'll get called. <laughs> yeah, February 27th. Yeah. So, uh, I will pretend yeah, like I don't me, know you. <laughs> give, give me good energy out there, uh, peoples. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, that's fucking wild, bro. And it also just shows um, how, um, you know, the uh, legal system and also just America, ever since that fascination with gold would try to get over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. wants to get over and be be that person now. You Are you on a segue right now? You know, it was smooth as fuck, wasn't it? Beep, beep, I'm on a segue. Oh, man. But <laughs> that's a wild ass story. Um, if you have any wild stories from jury duty or like wild stories like that, you can always email us and we'll mention it or maybe get you on. Yeah, that'd be podcast. a lot of fun, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, for some wild side story shit type vibes. Um, friends period facts period fiction at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, or you can DM us at um, Instagram friends facts and fiction mm-hmm. yeah or, or you can text Justin directly at uh, yeah anyway so the, um, <laughs> the song of the day of the week has become an album uh, for me um, and okay. is the forever story by an artist named J.I.D. Yeah. signed with uh, Dreamville under J. Cole and it's one of the greatest rap albums of the year Nice uh, to me. Uh, next Earth Gang's album. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. I'll check is, that out. It's fire. And they did a collaboration um, too. Yeah, there's a collab on there um, between Kendrick, Earth Gang, and JID. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are like a three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know they put know. something out. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Super it dope. Um, check it out. Uh, the Forever Story. Peep that. You feel me? Get some good vibes this weekend or mm-hmm. this week or whenever you listen to this. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so this past. Two episodes. We're talking about the Go Rush and all that. And last week, uh, it was like the uh, middle of it, aka the death. So after the death of American of the American Dream, aka the end of the Go Rush, so many things were different from the landscape of the West to the way of business dealings and dupins in America. Speaking of dupings, business, nice yeah, okay. business dupings. Mm. Yeah. Oh boy, from Antioch got duped on. Yeah, he you know did. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he really did though. But, that poor guy. Yeah. Soon after the gold rush in the West, though, a few other gold rushes sprang up, with gold being found in Australia in eighteen fifties, and of course here in the states, the discovery of gold in Montana, that truly uh, created the last of the true West outlaws and settlers. Those who stayed in California, though, started to live more normal lives, setting up businesses and starting to benefit from the economic success. 
of the immigrants and the 49ers created a true multicultural world in the West, which can still be seen today. And in these years to follow, in the 1860s, the Transcontinental Railroad construction began as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I honestly would say like the uh, mix of cultures happening that early on when people were so massively racist, yeah. they were kind of forced to figure it out for a while. And obviously the Transcontinental Railroad, I mean, it was really shitty getting that thing built. But once it was oh, yeah. built, yeah. that is one of the biggest things that happened in this country. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it connected everything coast to coast. Exactly. Um, in the wild and fast times of the Gorus, legends were born and fortunes were lost. But the true way of America was born. Capitalism. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Supply and demand. Product for profit. And a few legendary people truly took full advantage of these times. And I honestly would say capitalism has zero faults. Like there's zero <laughs> negative aspects. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing of capitalism. Wrong with it. I mean, you know, especially the late stage capitalism that we're living in now. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. We I got mean, like really, less than one percent of people yeah. having ninety nine percent of the the wealth. I, I really you know? wanted like the donors and lobbyists really are so environmentally conscious, and, mm -hmm. and they really really care about the yeah. the massive. Uh, vast vast majority of the population that are working very hard yeah. usually for them yeah. Yeah. Uh, to earn yeah. their billions of dollars well, it's, it's a no man left behind uh, idea exactly that, that yeah. capitalism really puts forth yeah, yeah. it is lovely um <laughs> but at least we're not these fucking nazi communist socialists i mean hey, you know what you i know, mean evils yeah. lesser of both i guess you know what i mean <laughs> what can you say you know but uh <laughs> One man, originally known for his dry goods business during the gold rush, made an incredible innovation soon after in 1872 with his canvas pants that were very popular with the miners. Yes, Levi Strauss uh -oh. made a stitch canvas pant with metal rivets, which would make the clothes last longer and uh, turn change uh, the course of American fashion. Yeah, I mean, like for a couple of years, though. Like, I mean, it didn't last that long, honestly. Yeah. I, mean, I definitely don't own I, more blue jeans than you know trousers. You know those uh, those are overalls right. I rock all the time. Definitely Levi's. Also, <laughs> those fly five elevens or five fourteen Levi jeans these days mm -hmm. all came from the need for reliable work pants for miners down in the trenches in the caves. So, you know, it's you like know. the little. Like a uh, you know, product test on mice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if he's like, you know, did time travel and was like, well, we started here and we can perfect it over 100, 200, 300 years <laughs> and really be the skinny jeans. We yeah. really hit. Yeah. And like, <laughs> or the, the button fly high rises yeah. that the ladies and, are into. You know right what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the 80s coming back full force out here. Um, anyway, with all the instability in California around the time and after the gold rush, Two men headed west to provide a little stability for holding money and transporting mail and other goods across the coast oh, and back snap. east. Old Mister Henry Wells and William Fargo, yeah, became a bank, a giant in banking uh, in the industry <clears throat> with this move, and still to this day, one of the largest banking corporations in America. Ooh. Wells Fargo. That's crazy to think about for real. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. they literally were on the East Coast, like. You know what? They're probably fucking up out there. Mm -hmm. Let's let's just go help them out. Yeah, you know, make sure everybody's clearly books are these cool. people don't know how to handle money. They don't know money. what the fuck they're doing because they literally and, just uh, dug it out of the ground. Dead. And like, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you can count. Man. You can't count the amount of Wells Fargo's 
in fucking Davidson County. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, I've got a Wells Fargo yeah. in my back pocket right now. Exactly, bro. I mean, come on. You I know? had one yeah. until I had bank fraud three times. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to use them anymore. See, I was with Wachovia. Uh, yep. And then Wells yeah, Fargo was, was like, oh, we're going to absorb you too. They yep. absorbed me. Gonna- yeah. <laughs> I liked Wachovia. I had too. That's yeah. why yeah. I said that was one of the bank fraud things. Yeah. And then we moved yeah. in like right after that. And I was like, so yeah. what do y'all, they were like, that was your Wachovia account. I was like, it's still the same account. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I got, I got duped for right. like, I think it was like 300 bucks when they did the like switch over or whatever. And I was like, okay, fuck banking. I have a bank account for like, I don't know, eight years. What was that spread? Yes, like yes. 10 years? It was. Yeah. Fucking watered <laughs> up bills in your pocket was every a long goddamn time. day. That's why yeah. I use the most like volatile no banking now. Yeah, online you did banking. not have a wallet. I know yeah. it took me a long time. I think it was like three Christmases in a row. I gifted you a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Maybe that's cool. like this Bloop. one. <laughs> Bloop. Open yeah, up the middle it. console in the car. Just <laughs> <laughs> all the wallets in mint condition with the price tag still on there. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. So in the case with a little plastic uh-huh. fucking wrap on it. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, man. Um, I was I was a pocket money guy for a long time, but it's that interesting banking system. But. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Didn't trust wallet systems? <laughs> I mean, yeah, true that. I don't know. I, I was going through a phase. Anyway, yeah. to <laughs> banking that butt. <laughs> to have, uh, to have uh, as much as an impact these three men had and still have on America is damn near impossible these days. Just in the right place at the right time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, another cool story um, out of that was a dude that created a wheelbarrow, or not created, but brought wheelbarrows over to the Gold Rush. And his name was uh, Steven Studebaker? Josh Studebaker? Let me look that up. Oh, shit, no way. Is there any connection to the actual Studebaker car? Yeah, bro. Cool. John Studebaker. John Studebaker. Yeah, he started. uh, He he bought some wheelbarrows over there and then eventually built wagons. And And then, of course, eventually built automobiles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But he started in the Gold Rush as well. And then he had a bear in his natural habitat. Yeah. (laughs) Studebaker. (laughs) On the road. (laughs) Jigga, 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 footloose and fancy free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And to this day, it's one of the most like. Collectible cars, you know. Waka waka. That's a fair word. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh look, a fork in the red. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, oh, the show is off. If you the guys don't already. get that, those references, you should probably go back and just just Google everything we just said. Yeah, that's true. Just Google those phrases, <laughs> and then you'll and, get it. And you're waka waka. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> to have <laughs> oh shit I missed my place one young man unknown an unknown writer made his way west during the gold rush and started writing for the San Francisco call highlighting the colorful stories of the west the outlaws and the miners it took one fanciful story soon after the gold rush boom about a frog jumping competition in the Calaveras County that thrust this young man into the spotlight his name was Samuel Clements Mm. AKA no Mark shit. Twain. I did not know that actually. Yeah. I know he did his whole riverboat thing. Yeah. And that's how he, you know, wrote uh <coughs> some of his more popular yeah, he, novellas. But. He began on an old dusty trail to get to California cool. to document the gold rush and uh yeah, have one of the, you know, most iconic names in American history came in the wake of the gold rush. You know, he literally was a living legend. Yeah. Like quite literally. He would do international tours and like would Everybody all over the fucking world would yeah. just freak out that he yeah. was there to like read excerpts from his books. Like, what yeah. a fucking different time. Uh, yeah, that's fucking wild, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, back in those days, if you did something really dope, 
everybody knew immediately. Yeah, because <laughs> he, was the only, he was like one of the only ones doing it like that. Exactly. You know? exactly. Like, it, not a lot of, well, it's a bunch of copycats, but once you got your stamp on it, your stamp wasn't. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just not as much innovation to be made these days, and that runs across a, like the entire board of our existence, whether right. it be music or engineering or what have you. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, any innovation that does happen, it's immediately known like basically while it's being created mm -hmm. or it's that idea of, you know, theoretically there's a hundred people thinking the same thing at the yep. same time. And now we just have immediate access to everyone. So it just, there's no standouts really anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We connect it. Yeah. But like I said earlier, not everyone was so fortunate or lucky as others. To make the obvious point here, the most successful people coming out of the gold rush were mostly white people. What? With, with their <laughs> constant... I resemble that <laughs> remark. <laughs> with their constant discrimination and attacks on Chinese, Not Latin Americans, natives, and African Americans, they seemed to keep the upper hand. Hmm. Um, even though California was a free state for enslaved people to find refuge, soon after the gold rush boom in 1852... California Fugitive Slave Act allowed slave owners to reclaim escaped slaves, mm -hmm. which made this time of supposed freedom to be even more dangerous for free slaves and escaped slaves. Because even free slaves were still in danger of simply being claimed. And a wild ass story in that in that vein is um, this slave owner, fucking Charles Perkins. He left Mississippi with three of his slaves to go to the gold rush or mm -hmm. whatever. And he fucked up, lost all his fucking bread, couldn't afford to transport the slaves back, left them out there. They started a fucking uh, packaging goods business and made, uh, in this day's an age wage of 98,000 fucking dollars um, in a year of their uh, business. Damn. And then the Fugitive Slave Act was passed and they got reprimanded back to Mississippi. Oh, no. Yeah. Fuck shit, shit like that was happening. What? Yeah, yeah. Shit like that was happening the whole time, too. So even uh, when motherfuckers, like, found the way, they still got shot. That's on. like the Gotcha Bitch Act. Yeah, yeah exactly. Gotcha Bitch. Ha, ha. Yeah, back yeah, to Mississippi. Yeah, I think this is still, like, the most the frog fucking... Leg act. The most yeah, right. racist fucking time. So, like... They yeah, passed no, that. They passed Murphy. that to do that to cut right. off right. Uh, minorities from succeeding that way. Um, but anyway, not to mention the rights of Chinese, Latin, and Native peoples were not even established. So they were treated more like chattel than actual people. Mm -hmm. But most of them being forced to work for unlivable wages or no wages at all when they built the Transcontinental Railroad, which I talked about, and to dig mines and to try to save the crops in this dying agricultural time. Like we mentioned in the last episode, all the sediment that was dredged up in the river soon yeah. flooded all of the farmland, and the crops took a major hit for a few years. Yeah. And the rush uh, causing California to ban hydraulic mining in order to save the crops and thus making California post-gold rush a mostly agricultural state. Yeah. And, it, you know, funny enough, it still is. Like yeah. a, a lot of people will just forget or you think of... You think of California and you think San Francisco and LA. You know what I mean? You don't think about anything else. Well, you don't think the about rest Northern of the California state is, is like farm central, bro. Yeah. Most it, of your weed, middle most California, of your crops. The middle of the state, like yeah. that whole area that's not, you know, sun kissed beaches. Yeah. You know? The whole the whole eastern border. Dude, that's a fucking bunch of rednecks. Is a yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Straight yeah, up. Bro. Bunch of farmers. Um yeah. we got a friend out there. Uh, I say rednecks with pride. 
by the way. Fucking Rachel it's went not to, a derogatory term. Rachel went to college with. She's out there running a the farm in California, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's literally from this time of the gold rush made it what it is today agriculturally. Yeah, exactly. Because they were fucking it up that bad. They That's were so like, crazy. oh shit, hold on. That. If we keep doing this, we won't be able to grow shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or get old ass produce that's <laughs> going to be spoiled in a day or two by the time it gets here, you know? Yeah. But just a few years after the iconic gold rush in California, gold was found in Montana. Uh oh. And at the time, the southwest region of Montana was still a part of the Idaho Territory. And the town of Bannock gained an estimated 3,000 even more desperate miners scratching and scraping to find their piece of the American dream. But as desperation to get rich grew larger, the rate of crime skyrocketed. I wonder why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and in this time, you can say this was the last true West of America. With outlaws, robbers, and shady business dealings, this was the mixture we still see in America today. Everyone only concerned about their come up and disregarding the lives of others. Okay, yeah. So essentially, peace of mind. the gold rush was social media of the or like the TikTokers and like yeah. uh, YouTubers yeah. of the day back you're, then. Oh, you're doing you used to see. Oh, this one it. person just got rich off of this. Yeah. Let's all go do the exact same thing, yeah. but yeah. with a little twist. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he said on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but we're not we're exactly. not making shit tons no, of money. No, no, this. We're, we're, we're actually not making money. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're doing this because we like to see each other at least once a week yeah. and hang out. Yeah, you know. and it became a fucking podcast. <laughs> like we would be talking about this shit once a week together, probably regardless. <laughs> this yeah. type of shit. I, know, I, just, I, yeah. I love the irony. That's it is. It is. It is. But I mean, it's. But yeah. But that's exactly right, though. Exactly. And that's why I say like this was basically the beginning of all the modern shit that we see today. Yeah. The only yeah. thing that's changed is, you know, the computer in your pocket, basically. Right. Um, after Bannock, the first capital of uh, city of Montana, by the way, was oversaturated, most camps moved down into Virginia City, some 75 miles west of Bannock. This trek became the most dangerous trip in America for a year or two. I said America. America. <laughs> <laughs> there was an estimated 100 men killed in 1863 on this stretch of road alone. And this old outlaws becoming sheriffs and controlling the underworld crime, it forced citizens fed up with the high crime rate from uh, to form the Montana Vigilantes, who eventually hung the sheriff, Henry Plummer, and some of his deputies, like you or should. road agents, early in 1864. And some gallows down Virginia City, and many more were hung that year all at once and buried up in old Boot Hill Cemetery, so-called because they all died with their boots on. Yeah. Now, this is one of the places I actually visited when I went up to Montana this past summer, and those gallows are still down on the boardwalk in Virginia City. Man, that's so crazy. Well, it's trippy. That's awesome. Bro, it's super dope. So um, it's kind of spooky at night because that place is definitely haunted. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the hangman's building, it was actually supposed to be like a doctor's office or some shit, and it was not fully done. So they just used it as the gallows. Wow. And you can go like now. the frame of it. Basically. Yeah, you can go yeah. now and, yeah, from the top frame yeah. uh, board. And you can go now and they still have it open during the day. Where you can walk in and, like, literally see the fucking post that they hung from. And they have, like, a little miniature setup, kind of like a like a display of the scene with, like, little mm-hmm. figurines and shit yeah, yeah, yeah. in the room. Like, the actual the shit. diorama, there. if yeah, you will. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it's pretty wild, man. One of the fucking... Craziest stories out of it um, is one of my, I don't say, favorites. I'll get to it in a second. Anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the uh, and the cemetery in Virginia City, even though the headstones were today um, or still there today, they were not put in place until forty three years after they were there, and they're still in place where five of the most heinous post gold rush outlaws were buried. At least they think so. It's mm. kind of like a mass grave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of like dig a big hole and bury all those fuckers and you know, put it over top. But one of my favorite, uh, well, interesting characters was Boom Helm. I was actually going to do a podcast episode on this guy at one point. <laughs> yeah, word. Right Fucker on. is nuts. He, he's crazy. Dude. I just see a quick overview of him because it's just in my brain because I'm so enthralled with this dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, well, brain. I might do a fully. Or if you want to um, do a full one because he's worth an hour. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can do your full episode if you want. Okay. Um, uh, Dan Cummings' Tom Sook uh, podcast has a great episode on it. That's how I found him. And I listened to it by myself and then we listed it on the way to Montana when we were driving mm-hmm. <laughs> just to, like get me ready to like go to Virginia City and shit and like see it and like yeah, be yeah, yeah. where he was and mm-hmm. shit and like just imagine like walking down this boardwalk because it's still a boardwalk and dirt road downtown in Virginia City and at nighttime That's... without the street lights I could just imagine how fucking like evil a motherfucker can get bro yeah because even walking by myself down there with street lights on mm-hmm. i'm just like bro something could be lurking any fucking where in these <laughs> little alleyways and shit because uh-huh. it's dark as shit in the alleyways yeah but anyway boom him was from kentucky but made his way to montana uh which i think he's the first montuckian uh-huh Montucky. like the beer uh, that we like kind of <laughs> Anyway, so, so uh, he made his way up there when he heard about the goal. But get this, he was a, one of those motherfuckers that just walked through the damn woods. And uh, he would come across other travelers. And um, to quote him, if he got hungry, he would eat anything. And uh, Wasn't he, gonna starve. Yeah, and he wasn't going to starve. So if you were a lone traveler with a horse, hit you over the head, cook a little bit of you, eat you, Take your horse, just throw your other leg across his back, and ride through the fucking woods in case you found another later. fucking campsite, and would just cook a motherfucker and eat. He ate like four to six people. <laughs> he didn't have an iron deficiency. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like four that. to six people he ate. Jeez. And then in uh, Virginia City, he was like obviously well known as a fucking asshole and would just drunkenly run into bars and like not pay tabs and all this mm-hmm. shit. So they're very happy to hang old Boone him. But uh, yeah, that motherfucker as well. I'm not going to give too much more story away if we might do an episode on him. I mean, he is worth a full episode. That motherfucker real. was intense. I will bro. say though, the way he went out, my God. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, what? Yeah, he's, he's a motherfucker. Literally like, I, I, well, I'll, here, I'll just give you a little quick synopsis <laughs> and it basically boils down to, and I am paraphrasing here, Fucking get it over with. Yeah. Or let me go. <laughs> Bro, that that's in the, I was going to say that, that's in the little uh, figurine, little scene. Oh, is this is like him, iconic quote? Is him kicking, mm-hmm. like the, the still shot of the little figurines is him kicking off the box. Oh, cool. Like, fuck this. No way. Like, I'm out. That's yeah. rad. <laughs> yeah, bro. So it took badass. too long because yeah. too many other people were, they were like crying their and their final words and praying yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and he was like, basically said, shit or get off the pot. Yeah, and then they great. weren't going to do it yet. So he kicked his own goddamn stool. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck it. I'm out of here. Like, fuck y'all. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Like, evil. Yeah, yeah bro. Dumb. And mean. But fuck, what a badass. <laughs> just, just imagine an unbathed, like, straggly ass dude just 
brooding through the woods and you're just chilling, like whistling a little song, eating some sweet grass. I, I think Montana <laughs> might be a day and a half ride by now. Yeah. <laughs> and you just hear in the fucking woods and, uh, you know, two hours later, yeah. you're fucking on a skillet. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the type of people that uh, Montana had up there. <laughs> Cannibal and, Cowboys. Uh, yeah. If, mm-hmm. it, I cannot stress this enough. If you get a chance in the fucking summertime, because fuck Montana wintertime, in the summertime, <laughs> go to Virginia City and Nevada City and Bandic. That shit is so fucking cool if you like history, because there's a lot of um, like just historic buildings that's been there since the 1800s. Yeah. And they're literally where they were, most of them. Some of them were transported to be reserved in areas, but... It's super dope to see like old boardwalks, like fucking like uh, the real Deadwood from the HBO show type yeah. shit. Like, yeah. it's, it's fucking wild, bro. Um, but now all the way from California and some of the more famous successful people to the woes of the discriminated and then over to Montana where crime was king for a while. It's safe to say that the gold rush shaped and grew our expansion into the West rapidly and abundantly and also gave America its true identity. A fuck you, pay me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this gold standard that became the fuel of our country's growth would ultimately become its demise. In the years after the gold rush and the golden era of the gold standard, a rude awakening was coming that would shake the country to its core and eventually create another crime wave that would truly shape the criminal underworld that still thrives today. Yep, you guessed it. The Great Depression. Mm. But how do uh, how does Go Rush cause this dark time in the country? You you ask. Mm-hmm. Well, allow me to break it down. <laughs> uh, the gold standard is a system where a nation's currency is set to the value of gold, meaning a given amount of paper money can be converted into a fixed amount of gold. This puts a hold on how much paper money can be printed or in circulation without increasing the amount of gold in reserves. Now, at the time of like the gold rush. This is a great system when gold is in abundance and trade and commerce was booming and motherfuckers were finding this shit everywhere. So from the late 1800s until the 1930s, most countries in the world, including the U.S., adhered to an international gold standard. This eventually created a boom for the U.S. economy by holding on to gold standard when many European countries abandoned it during the First World War. And the Roaring Twenties came in fast with construction and automobile industries driving the post-war recovery uh, pretty greatly. We thrived pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, war is awesome for economies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it is. I mean, you know, and Democrats always get into war and Republicans always fuck up rights. That's what we can bank on. But anyway. (laughs) uh, I think our country's been out of war for 18 years since in its existence. Yeah. Um, And that was pretty bad years. Yeah, if I recall. Yeah. And, we didn't make a lot of money then. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. In order to combat the inflation, though, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates in 1928. But when the countries could not pay back debts to the U.S., all export, exports were slowed. And with a slowing economy combined with a stock crash market, a stock market crash. I like and, the first one better. <laughs> yeah, I did too, actually. Stock crash market. <laughs> yeah, it's got a better ring to it. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my brain <laughs> awesomely fixed things for mm. me. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and bank failures. And that's not dyslexia. Yeah, that's not awesome brain. That's awesome brain shit. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I will not get it checked out. Uh, and <laughs> bank failures in 1930 and 1931, where um, the hell was Will Fargo then? You know what I mean? Yeah. The bank failures happened in 30 and 31 
where the hell was Wells Fargo? Anyway. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the hell are they at? Yeah, and, seriously. Yeah. They're saving motherfuckers. Now they gave up. But the frightened uh, public began to hoard gold. Again, our strange obsession with this shiny metal almost cost us the fucking country. While Great Britain and a few other countries dropped off the gold standard over here in the States, we hold on to it for another two years, deepening the darkness of the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. You got to think, all these corporations of the time were founded or supported from their findings and success from the gold rush. So they were hard-pressed to hold on and try to ride out these bad times. Yeah, But luckily, old Frankie D found a solution, which was almost too late. Yeah, seriously. Um... By signing the Gold Reserve Act in 1934, he made it legal for the public to possess most forms of gold. Yes, that's for real. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was truly a desperation move. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. mean, like, it's I mean, it's like okay, ultimately not cool to you, like the average American, right? I mean, don't you ever, you know, take our guns? Mm-hmm. Don't you take our rights? You know that whole mm-hmm. shit. But like, this is, I think, a very intelligent man looking at the greater good and thinking forward. Because no, like, if he didn't do that, like, we would not be America. Yeah, it would be like. Great Britain would probably just take it back over. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some fucking other shit may happen, right. you know? Or um, the Nazis. It was yeah, that thing, exactly. though, to it where, like, you know, he was very unpopular at the time when he did that shit. But then everything else he did, okay. and then it ended up working. And then now we, I mean, literally, like, like post his presidency, see how good of a job he did. Yeah. Save yeah. the economy for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, shouts out to. Anybody that uh, is into jewelry and is like making a lot of money, get, get gold. That shit holds value. Like still, fuck, fuck yeah. the diamonds still and the platinum. The yeah. diamonds and the platinum mean shit. Gold still means a fucking shit tons. Yeah. <laughs> so if you Oddly have enough, money, yeah. buy that instead of any fucking thing else. Mm-hmm. But citizens were required to exchange their gold coins, gold bullion, and gold certificates for paper money at a set price of $20.67 per ounce. Mm-hmm. Damn. Now, this exchange allowed the U.S. to increase the amount of gold reserves at the U- United States Bullion Depository mm-hmm. at Fort Knox and raise the price of gold to $35 per ounce. Wow. Which mm. in turn allowed the Federal Reserve to increase the money supply. That's so much money in the 30s. Yeah, bro. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, what is it today, actually? Does anybody know? I'm, what, I'm what's an ounce of gold? Okay, okay. Gold. I have no idea. Let's see. $1,663 per an ounce? I said gold rate per ounce in U.S. dollars, and that's what popped up per gram per ounce. Yeah, it's $1,663 per ounce. Wow, that's cool. Um, that's why I say uh, buy gold. yo shit. <laughs> yeah. Buy gold. That's you got to think, $35 in the fucking 30s. Yeah, so what is $35 it's in probably, the 30s? Probably about the same. I bet it's roughly the same. Probably. Accounting yeah. for inflation, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a dollar used to go a long, long way. I mean, it does now for sure. Yeah. But him in, in increasing the money supply of course, slowly began the economy to grow again as we know it. And it took most of the 30s to get out of that Great Depression. And during that time, a subject of our last three-part series, Prohibition, takes place. Yep. Go back and listen to that. It's kind of tied that in. You see that? See that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the Gold Rush era was a groundbreaking time, no pun intended, for America. You, and You could have 
intended that pun. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> pun intended. Um, yes. The Gold Rush era was a groundbreaking time, pun intended, for go. America, and it made us one of the world's strongest nations. But it also created some truly dark times over a few decades. And it's the Gold Rush, man. After that, we kind of got where we were. No. Kind of. And also the mafia and all that shit started and all the crime and all that shit. But anyway. Yeah, and we, we must have covered all that, of course. Yeah, we covered all that shit. So I will read off this uh, inflation calculator. Okay, Keep. turn it. So $35 in 1930s, the equivalent in purchasing um, $620.72 in today's. So okay. Damn. And it is at $1,663 an ounce today. Yeah. Which meant crazy. that it would have had to have been, fuck. Uh, like 80 bucks back then? Well, it had to have been like $55 an ounce or so. Roughly speaking, yeah. 55 uh, to 60 But ounce. I mean, you're talking about basically, what is that? I mean, that's like an 80% increase in it value says the over dollar, years. Uh, the dollar I mean, had an average inflation rate of 3.17 per year um, between 1930 and today. Producing a cumulative price increase of sixteen hundred and seventy-three. Mm-hmm. So that oh, was. Oh, got you. Damn. So I mean, gold is uh, exists uh, outside of inflation. It's it's greater yeah. than inflation. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like uh, a paper dollar. You know, if you time traveled, grabbed a paper dollar, and then traveled back to the future, theoretically, you'd have you know fifty-five dollars. Yeah. But if you took an ounce of gold, you'd have. Sixteen hundred dollars. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah, you know, and it, I mean, it really is odd to me that the you know shiny mineral has got some kind of grab on us uh, as far as trading is concerned. That's crazy, you know, bro. As a people, but you know, as like a race, human race. Yes, yeah, you I mean. know what yeah, I mean. Like yeah. straight up, it's yeah. fucking insane. But you know, it's real, and that's where we're at. That's what we bout. Yeah. I mean, we are attracted to stones. I mean, think about all those crystals and shit. Well, and I mean, you know, uh, only the rocks live forever. Less educated, you know, communities in the past really put a lot of value in. in, Oh my uh, god, we're not going to go down that road. The spiritual aspect of rocks. I'm not. We're not getting those emails, bro. We're not not doing that. We're not doing that. (laughs) And then, of course, there's plenty of people now that still think that. Oh my god. Jib jab. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's our take on the Gold Rush. Uh, if you want to add anything or have any thoughts and all that, you can hit us up on the email or DM us at uh, Friends Facts and Fiction. You could just keep making us yeah. look at no emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we also have a um, a visitor from an email story that wants to come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Soon, so I think we're going to do that. So see, we are doing yeah, those things. So uh, <laughs> next time around, um, it's. Fucking hilarious is the uh, history of EMTs. I think I am going to focus specifically on EMTs. I'll touch on firemen as well, but like just in general, the emergency response services in general. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. If you yeah. think about like Wells Fargo started as some dudes with a horse and a buggy being like, hey, we'll take care of your gold that you just found and just help you prom- balance your books. We promise we got you. Turning into, you know, <clears throat> this global bank conglomerate that's absorbing other smaller banks you know, mm-hmm. all over the place. You think what you want about Wells Fargo, but they did something right business-wise. Um, it all started with good intention. 
I, I think it did. Yeah. Honestly, I do think it did start with good intentions. Sure. Uh, EMTs yeah. did not start with good intentions. No, 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 no. I mean, they were getting they were getting brawls and people would just die yeah. because they wanted to be the first ones to fucking yeah. take meds and offer them. Oh, yeah, I remember shit. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. It's, it's fucking hysterical uh, in a dark way. Um, yeah, super dark, funny one coming at you. Yeah, uh, but it <laughs> is, mm-hmm. you know, for it to come from that type of past to something that I, I, I honestly, one of the, services that is offered that I truly do respect the intent behind it very much, very much respect, but that'll be our fun little segue into, um, our next deep dive, which is basically, uh, medicine, the health, uh, industrial complex, you know, um, yeah, what that. Western medicine really is yes. or where it came from, mm. why it exists the way it does all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, can't so, do that. What I'll talk about was it Purdue, mm-hmm. those fuckers. Yeah, man. Anyway, for another day. It will be for, for another, another day. day. Um, thank you all for listening. You know, hope you all doing well out there. Keep doing it. Keep believing. Stay beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Keep thriving. Thriving and staying alive. Season five, you know, came at the right time. Bars. Anyway, I'm Justin Hammonds, and I'm saying love, live life, because it's worth living, y'all. And I'm Drew Shelnut, and I'm saying take care of yourself and the people that you love. I love that. Nice. Grant Bramlett here. Um, first of all, you know, find something creative that you like doing. You know, I think it's a really nice uh, outlet in any kind of way. You know, start knitting, you know, paint a paint your lover. Who knows? Whatever you want to do. I do have those uh, sex paint packets you can get. That's true. And get the big canvas yeah. out. Uh-huh. And you like, oh, that's a fun, fun time one. on yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, Make a nice little art piece from, yeah. your, from your love making. I am, I am pretty serious about doing only oh. only fans about my feet. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Carolyn, <laughs> you took that to the next level. Carolyn, not expecting this. Yeah. So let's go. Carolyn yeah. brought up the idea. Let's go for and it. And she yeah. was like, right. they're not going to see your face and you've got hobbit feet. Yeah. So why don't you just like get like a tub of mud or something and just like squish your feet around? Oh, well, bro. If you need me to hop in with pay. you with my hobbit Perfect feet, time. I'll be there. Perfect time. Be there. Yeah. You bounce off the ring of power. Oh, no, right I've been now. watching that shit too. Yeah, bounce off that <laughs> thread going. Yeah. That, that shit's cool. awesome, by the way. I'll be, I'll be a guest star okay. with you. Oh, yeah, guest star. <laughs> guest starring a, other hobbit feet. Yeah. <laughs> I, apparently, if my feet weren't as hairy as they are, they would be pretty, as some random stranger told me one time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Already then. Right, that was now, the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> Never now, wear flip-flops in a bar, you know, if you don't want that kind of fucking talk. So if you're looking out for that kind of a thing and you see Hobbit Feet oh 87 God. pop up, it's not me, I swear. Click and subscribe, baby. <laughs> yeah, now we're exiting the Quentin Tarantino uh, section of the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, more importantly... You know, if you start out trying to do something really good, you know, and you're also trying to get your piece of the pie, which I totally understand. I'm literally doing the same thing right now. I think all three of us in this room are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Levi Strauss, I think is a great example. Wells Fargo is a great example. Right, Honestly, so supply and demand you know, it was what yeah. they were into. And I mean, they they supplied the yeah. demand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and a lot harder these to days yeah. to... Of course supply the demand because the demand is so spread out. Of course. Right. And one thing that I've, I've been in therapy, which is awesome, by the way. Um, Fucking slaps, doesn't and, it? Yeah, and Seriously. one of the greatest things that I've learned through my sessions is my therapist saying, it seems like you're worried about the failure without accepting that you're worried about the failure. Focus on the process and the creative mm-hmm. 
section of it because that's where you thrive. Yep. And if you're happy creating and fucking the process of it, if you're happy there, everything else will be all right no matter what the fuck happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to mm-hmm. be fine mentally because you're happy at what you're actually creating in, in, in the yeah. process of doing it. So fuck the fear of failure. <laughs> Don't fear yourself for being great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to piggyback off of that, honestly, just I think one of the most important things, and it does seem to become a, it, it, well, it's becoming a more popular notion of trying to keep your brain in problem solving mode as opposed to focusing on the failure, like you're just talking mm-hmm. about, or focusing on all of these bad things happening to you, right? Cha, cha, it's cha. so much more important to be thinking about what, how can I solve this problem or that problem or potentially a new problem that's inevitably going to happen. I mean, honestly, that's one of the few things that we can count on is change, time passing and shit happening to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you keep thinking about it in that mode of here's a new problem, how do I solve it? Make it a game almost, you know, of just what's the best, easiest, fastest, cheapest way I can solve this new problem, you know? really does seem to help it's yeah, at least it, helped me if you keep going you're getting somewhere sure, yeah, fuck it that's for sure yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah let's keep thriving and staying alive baby yeah so i guess my sign off uh, went too long so let's do the short one thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next installment find us on facebook and instagram to stay up to date on all things friends facts and fiction our instagram handle is friends underscore facts underscore fiction As always, please reach out to us. You can send any of your questions, praise, and fact-checking to friends.factsfiction at gmail.com. It's important to us to only propagate the truth, and we'll correct any errors we may have made. Your hosts and researchers are Justin Hammonds, Grant Bramlett, and Drew Shelnut. Our episodes are produced by Grant Bramlett. Additional producership provided by Grace Higgs. Our recording engineer is Grant Bramley. Our editor, mix, and mastering audio engineer is Jeremy Mulder. Lighting design is provided by Justin Hammond. This has been a production of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. Here we go, we're going to do it. Look, it rhymes and it has internal alliteration. That's fucking <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> but first, meth. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>